Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on right now. You throw for new customers, throw down $5 on an NFL game, and if either team scores, guess what? You get $100 in free plays to work with there. A lot of people are doing it, so hop on there and be part of it. All right, now joined by very special guest, uh, Jim Rosborough, uh, one of the absolute icons in the basketball city of Tucson. Coach? There's no baloney involved right there. We appreciate you coming on, my man. Yeah, right. Nice to be with you again. Yep. We, a few things to talk about since we last got together. So, yeah, nice to be with you. For sure. So, I was I was thinking last night, I was as we're watching uh, uh, Arizona-Michigan, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, who could really be able to talk kind of what's going on here with the early conference schedule playing really, really good teams and, you know, what kind of goes into it and what you saw out there? And I'm like, huh, well – how about the assistant head coach for uh, the Arizona basketball team when they played pretty much anyone at any at any point? And that's why we got coach on. But coach, before we get into that, just watching the game last night, what were some of your initial thoughts just kind of watching the uh, the beatdown that was the 80-62 win over Michigan? Well, I think I think a lot of things, Mike. Uh, first of all, it really looks like the guys like playing with each other. You know, there's a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of high fives, the bench is going crazy. They're on the floor after loose balls all the time. Um, they're very celebrities. Well, how do I say celebrating uh, when somebody makes a great pass or, you know, colloquial or somebody gets a dunk. So I really like the enthusiasm and the togetherness. I thought defensively they were really good. I think that was Michigan's biggest problem. You know, they just couldn't solve uh, offensively what Arizona was doing to them defensively. They trapped on the side. They trapped the big guy. Um, you know, they just really were very, very good defensively. And that was out all five positions. I mean, they, uh, their double team on the sideline, I really haven't seen that a whole lot over the course of a career, right. to be honest with you. But it, it worked. It disrupted everything. And Michigan really was struggling to get good shots and had to settle for jacking up threes. Uh, offensively, they get up and down the floor. I mean, you were sitting there watching, Mike, and every once in a while they'd have a camera angle of these guys coming down at you and there were a flood of four guys and Michigan was, you know, getting back a little bit, but not enough to really stop the, the attack. So, and then they'd come down, Mike, and if they didn't have a, a layup or something, they just ran right into an offense and kept attacking. And, and so the whole, 
the whole style of play, the enthusiasm, the coaching, everything I thought was just really, really good last night. Now, watching the game, and obviously I wasn't there, but just watching it on TV, the thing that really stuck out to me was just how much more, just how much, how quicker Arizona was to the ball. Michigan's a very good team, but whenever Michigan would try to trap Arizona, it generally ended up in a dunk. It generally ended up in a really good shot. Is that something, because you guys, obviously, you played very up and down, a very exciting brand of basketball. Would you know going into a game that, all right, we're a lot quicker than this team and this is how we're going to impose this? Or what was the thought process when you would go against a good team like a Michigan, but you knew that you probably had a higher caliber of athlete? Well, I mean, quick. my view is quickness really kills, Mike. So uh, we generally had uh, three really quick guys, and then you have like a Bennett Davison at the four who was quicker than a cat. So we generally had pretty quick kids at, at the perimeter spots. You know, Jason Terry, Michael Dickerson. Bibby wasn't the quickest, but he might have been the smartest guy that was around. Gilbert Arenas, come on, Jason Gardner. So the quickness factor, you point that out to your own team. We we are quicker. Now, other teams may be quick, but then you got to get down and defend, and you point that out to them, and you got to contain and keep them in front of you and that kind of thing, Mike. But um, so, so we would – point out, we would point out uh, there with Luke, if we felt we were quicker, if we felt we could get into the lane on them, were they good enough defensively to stop what we were trying to do, point that out. And then if they were a quick team, you know, you certainly point that out from scouting and, and maybe they saw them the other night in person. I don't know that, but uh, you point out, yeah, they are quick here, but we, we've got your help. We've got to contain, you got to get down. They, whatever their formula was to double on the sideline, I thought that was terrific. And that screwed up the whole thing Michigan was trying to do. So, yeah, you, you would point out all those things. And that's why you spend time on film and, and kind of get ready for games and give your kids a scouting report and so on, Mike. I think what makes this team different, Coach, than a lot of the teams that we've seen, and um, we're, we'll go down memory road here in a, in a memory lane here in a little bit, Um I'm obviously just a fan. I've always considered 01 to be the best team that I at least saw that you guys put out there. Again, I'd love to get your take because you would know better than me. But the one thing that made 01 so unique, I always thought, in 2000 before Lauren Woods got hurt, was having a Lauren Woods shot blocker on the back end right there where you could take some chances and, oh, by the way, if somebody gets by, it's not the end of the world because you got somebody back there. Arizona's got that right now with a guy like Christian Coloco. I'm not saying he's going to be Lauren Woods, but he when you have a shot blocker like there with that kind of timing, Coach, it just changes everything from a strategic perspective, no? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's not even the block, but it's just changing the arc or the trajectory of the shot. And the Michigan guys were getting in there where Coloco could go up and, and change the rhythm and change the arc on the shot. And that's that's as good as blocking a shot. But on the other hand, if, if Michigan got in too close where he could get a piece of it, I mean, he's there. And, and I'm not saying anybody outside is gambling, but if you do make a play and for some reason they get by, you know, you always got that guy behind you that's protecting the basket. That's what they call him, a basket protector. And so he's good. And the big kid, uh, Umar, is, is good back there. So they've got the two big guys that can protect the basket. And they're quick enough on the perimeter to, to dictate some things that they want to get done. So, I mean, I think it's really, really a good combination. And the thing also that's, that's amazing is Coloco really gets up and down the floor well. And you saw 
several times. He was out in front and they get him the ball or penetrate here and he's already there and throw it up for the lob and get the dunk. So it's uh, it's a good combination. Lauren was terrific back there. I'm not sure Lauren runs as well as Coloco. And Lauren blocked a lot of shots. And the one shot that he did block, Mike, was a horrendous call when we were playing at Connecticut. And I had. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yes. <laughs> Richie Palesteros. Bless his heart, calls a goaltending, and Lauren was up there. And, uh, but go Lauren was great back there, too. I mean, he was a basket protector, shot blocker, could slide over, mobile kid. And that's what Cloak was. Cloak was really, really mobile back there and, and actually a very tough kid. It's, it's surprising if you watch him. He's a tough kid, too. Oh, Coach, so I want a uh... – I got to talk with Tommy Lloyd for a little bit, and it was a very informal setting. But I asked him about because he had been the he was the assist, uh, assistant coach for almost twenty years, actually over twenty years at Gonzaga. So he was there with the Blake Step teams, you know, the uh, the double overtime teams, the Elite Eights. And I asked him about just Arizona, or you know, what his thoughts were of Arizona. And he said, you know, quite frankly, he said they were the they were the type of program that we tried to emulate from a consistency, from an up-tempo, from just being able to run a certain kind of style. When you guys played Gonzaga, um, what were your, like, what were the scouting reports like? What generally was, when somebody says that, you know what, that's a Gonzaga style of basketball, and he said we tried to be like Arizona, what exactly do you take from that? Here, let me pull out the scouting report, Mike, here in my door. <laughs> right. Um, well, I, just to regress on a little bit, when we got the job at Iowa, Lute did in 1974, and I joined him, we emulated Indiana. We wanted to be able to run our offense against their defense, and we wanted to be wanted to be able to defense their offense. So the whole thing was modeled on how we could get as good as Indiana. Uh, here, I, I mean, I, I don't blame them for looking at our program at the time, and I don't say that egotistically, but we had good athletes. They played hard. They played together. We got up and down the floor. We were always in an attack mode. A little undersung, in my view, was that we were a pretty good defensive team. Now, when you're going up and down like we were, the other team does get uh, a number more chances with the basketball, Mike, but I always thought we were a little bit of an undersung defensive team because we were sound there and help side and had shot blockers in the back and pretty tough kids. But, um, yeah, I would say with Gonzaga, if they were trying to and, – and really, Mike, maybe more than anything, what he's saying is the consistency because uh, I think after the first year, Luke was here or Luke was in the tournament every single year. Uh, in my time here, 18 years, we were in the tournament every single year. Uh, sometimes we were out a little bit too soon, Mike. You know that out of, right. <laughs> out of the tournament. But, uh, I mean, there were a lot of good – and, you know, the other thing I think, if Tommy would admit this, there were several teams around the country that emulated our uniforms. Not only were we good guys, good players, but we had the best uniforms in the country and the best logo. So I think U uh, UConn went to our style uniform. Gonzaga kind of emulated our uniform. There were a lot of people. So it wasn't just the – the play, but a lot of things were really, really good about the program. And I think if he says they wanted to emulate what was going on, I mean, that's, that's fine. We were, we were a good program. No question about that. All right. One other thing too, that you, uh, a lot of people want to emulate, but nobody can really do is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Here's the deal. You throw down if new customers only, you throw down $5 on any NFL game. And if you score, they score a point, which will happen. 
then guess what? You get $100 in free plays. It's really that simple. I bet on Arizona last night. I liked the Arizona money line, and I was paid out pretty well from the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Here's the deal. 21 and up, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, eligibility restrictions do apply, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Coach, it's uh, going back and looking at it too from a uh, from a gambling perspective, you guys were always the team too that, you know what, nobody's really going to want to take the under in total points when you play Arizona because guess what? That game's probably going over in a big way. And that's kind of what we've seen so far from this Arizona basketball team in that Sean Miller did some really good things. But when I think of Arizona basketball, when I think of the heyday, what I grew up with, it was getting out and you know what? Imposing your will. If you had the better team out there, especially after you guys switched to more of a guard oriented approach, you know, kind of after the Tucson skyline, that's really, I think, when when people think of Arizona basketball, that's really kind of what they think there, Coach. Yeah, I think there's no question. We were uh, an attack-oriented team and got up and down the floor. Uh, and we always had good guys at the wings. I mean, you can envision, uh, you know, Michael Dickerson running the floor quick as a cat. Uh, Miles Simon on one side. Terry maybe with or without the ball. Uh, Richard Jefferson running, come on. I mean, you want to see Richard coming at you at about six, seven and a half and gets a nice pass and here's the hoop up there and you're, stand, you're going to get dunked on. So it was uh, an up-tempo. And, and I mean, there were a lot of reasons for that. Number one, wear the other people out, take their legs away in the last seven or eight minutes. Two, it was very exciting for the kids. I mean, they were given a lot of freedom, Mike, and you, you saw it. They, the offense was designed to let them use their individual skills, and if, in fact, they were good enough to you know, become pro players, it was a system that got them ready for what they were going to see in the pros. Fun for the fans, and I think that's as big as anything. Now, I would almost guarantee you now they got Sacramento State, I think, Saturday, and mm-hmm. you know, just with the Thanksgiving weekend, you don't know if it's going to be filled, but they're, they're going to fill it up this year, and you're going to get to the Pac-10 Pack 12, I guess we are now. It's going to be hard to get tickets because it's exciting brand of ball. And the kids are likable. I mean, again, you look out there and see the enthusiasm and the ability to run the floor. It's it's right now, and it, it, there's no reason that it won't continue. It's really an exciting, it's an exciting brand of basketball. And I think, you know, taking nothing away from Sean Miller, because you know, Mike, winning games is hard. Winning games right. just all your old buddy who is actually becoming a pretty good coach, Josh Passner, ask him. Winning games is is tough. Um, Sean Miller did that, so he deserves credit. But now I think Tommy's really got him on a, on a roll. The kids are believing in the system. And it's just, uh, you don't want to say the sky's the limit and start tagging all this baloney. But they play hard and a fun brand of ball. All right. So I was thinking, and a friend of mine messaged me this, and I, uh, I thought of uh, you immediately, and I sent it. He said, there's a little bit of the kind of that 1995-96 uh, uh, preseason NIT vibe with this team uh, playing right now where this team came in unranked. You guys came in unranked. Keep in mind, this is the year after Damon's uh, graduated, so it's a team full of seniors, but probably not getting a ton of love. You guys go into Madison Square Garden, and you beat uh, a bunch of teams in, highlighted by uh, Georgetown at the end right there, which was the sexy pick with Allen Iverson. And I think last night you saw a team that, you know, obviously took Michigan out to the uh, woodshed. But when you go into these type of games, 
when you go into like what Arizona did last night or what you guys did in 95, 96, what's the mentality, especially if there aren't a ton of preseason expectations for your team? Well, you know, so they go in and play Wichita State. And, you know, I think even even Tommy and the guys said, well, we were, were kind of lucky. I didn't see the end of the game, but I guess Wichita, they said it on the TV last night, had a chance to make a couple free throws at the end and seal it. But you you win that game. And then you're, you're in a big-time game. And if you, for one second, think that the kids don't understand who they're playing and what's at stake and it's on ESPN and their girlfriends, if they're lucky enough to have one, and their parents and friends and high school coaches, they're all watching this thing across the country, as are all basketball fans. I think even we had some girls on our team out at Pima that were watching this game last night. So, I mean, it's a huge opportunity. And if you think the kids don't know that, as I just said, you're – you're crazy. The players understand what's at stake. They get geeked up. They get ready to go. They practice. Whoa. They've had a yeah, good sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. They've had a good preseason and they're ready to Whoa. play somebody and show. Hold on, Sam. I apologize. Keep going, Sam. Sorry. He just. <laughs> I apologize right there. He just got no, out of my bag. Okay. Yeah. So in any event, the kids the kids know, and it's a chance to go out and play some of these probably players that they played against in summer AAU ball, some of them, and so on and so forth. But Michigan was ranked, whether it's now legit or not, they were ranked fourth in the country last night, and it's a big opportunity for the Arizona kids, and they knew it. They had a great game plan, got out and, and dismantled them. I mean, it really wasn't even a close game after, what, 8 or 10 or 12 minutes or something. It was just totally taking Michigan out of what they wanted to do. So, yeah, it's it's fun. The kids understand. Kids like big games. I mean, um, I'm not taking anything away from anybody that Arizona's played, but the kids understood what was going on last night, as did the coaches, and you could see on the bench the enthusiasm and everything. So, yeah, they know you don't have to say much about it at all, Mike. Okay, now let's talk a little bit then from the, uh, the point guard position right there. You've got a guy in a Kirk Creesa who, you know, you guys always kind of had Cadillacs at the point guard position, you know, your Damons, your Bibbies, your Jason Terry's, your Jason Gardner's. What do you see from Kirk Creesa just through a couple games? What are kind of your initial impressions of the uh, point guard that Tommy Lloyd's got running things right now? Plays hard. He really plays hard. He's a tough kid. Um, I mean, you watched last night, he was right in the middle of everything in terms of enthusiasm and getting the guys going. Now, the thing, and I know the kid's a great shooter, but I also looked at the stats last night, and I think from three, he was one for eight or one for nine. So it, it will be important that he hits a couple just to keep everything honest. But what I do like is um, he can get the ball up and down the floor. He's, he's a way better than average ball handler. Um, he is a good shooter, and I'm sure Tommy's going to say something today to him about, well, you need to take good shots, good shots for you, you know, because one for eight or nine is is not where he wants to be. But on the other hand, he's known as a good shooter. He's a tough kid. I like the way he got after kids defensively. He was getting over screens. He was getting under screens. He was in the double teams. So I think, and then, and then with the uh, backup point guard, uh, whatever his name is, Kerr, I care, I think, uh, they, mm -hmm. they have a good combination. In fact, they played those two guys together. So that's good to see. Then you got two little bit smaller, quicker guards that are tough kids and get after you defensively. So I think between the two of them, they have really a good combination. But Kerr, as you mentioned, he kind of 
it's a spirit in the backbone. It looks to me just in in watching a couple games and a few practices. He's he's a tough kid. Coach, just so you know, I can prove you something too. When you said that I was full of baloney when I said that people always get hyped when I have coach. Uh, the last two comments that have come in, uh, Randy Randy Teat says Jim Rosborough, a true a, Jim Rosborough, a legend. Then Thomas Mendoza. After that, Coach Ros is all class. Coach, telling you, you got a following out here, buddy. So, it, yeah, it's good. That's uh, good to hear that at least somebody besides your wife thinks you know something about this game. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good to hear. You know, so I I, I had a couple of, a couple comparisons that I thought, and what I love having when somebody like you has come on is you've seen obviously Arizona basketball up close. When you look at Benedict Matherin and Dalen Terry, and I'm not saying that these guys are going to be what these players were, but being that how they play a little bit, their physicality, their athleticism, a lot of people are talking about. It was kind of like when you guys had Asan Adams and Andre Iguodala early on where you just throw in these two kids that are basically all athleticism, all youth, and it's just kind of a spirited vigor type out there. Do you see any of that when you see those two uh, those two wings out there? That's probably a pretty good comparison with Mather and being a little bit the stronger, tougher kid like um, Hassan. Yeah, Hassan. And then uh, Iguodala and, and Terry, both a little bit more rangy. I'm sure they're going to work on Terry this summer and get a little more weight on him. He's, he's a, a little bit of a thin kid, but he's tough. He's really, really tough and a good athlete. So, I, I mean, I hadn't really stopped to think about that, but I think there is a comparison. And uh, San and Andre, their first year, did not get a whole bunch of time. They got significant minutes, but then the next Next year played a big, big role for us. And, and Asan, I believe, was here four years. Andre left after two. And, I mean, I'll tell you one thing for sure. Guys hated, they hated to play against Asan Adams because he was just a brute. He was just mean and tough and strong. Didn't take anything from anybody. I mean, I I guess I'd have to break down the films and see what was going on on the glass and down there in the scrums and things. But he was a, a tough kid. And then Andre was... Andre and, and I, I told you the other guy, Gilbert Arenas, probably are two of the smarter uh, basketball minds that I've ever coached. Andre, I mean, he's obviously had a marvelous career, but he he's a smart basketball kid, understood the game and so on and so forth. And I think Terry is, he's a, he's a great athlete. He's kind of like a spring colt. You know, you see him out there, all arms and legs and these little skinny little arms and right. so on. But he's tough and he runs the floor and he's, he's an adequate shooter and loves to play and and again you saw them last night they were all very very excited they were tough they ran the court it was it was really impressive but that's a good comparison Mike I, I really hadn't thought about that okay as we talked about before DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX great deal going on right now you throw down five dollars on an NFL game if you're a new customer guess what you get $100 in free plays if either team scores. It's really that simple. Um, again, I threw down yesterday. I thought Arizona was going to uh, beat Michigan. I thought they had a good chance. Took a money line. I put down a whopping 5 bucks, Coach, and guess what? It paid out $8.97. So, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, some people out there probably have a little bit more money than me, so you could probably turn that into a nice little investment as well. So check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Again, put in code word PHNX. You've got all the great deals out there. All right. I wanted to talk to you before we let you go, Coach. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of the NF or the, excuse me, the NBA type, uh, um, some of the NBA players. And you brought up Andre Iguodala. 
he's still, he's obviously Urine Lute's last player that's still in the NBA. And when he was here, I remember Luke Walton saying something that I thought was really fascinating, where he said, this kid, he said, could be the best player to ever come out of Arizona with his athleticism, his length, his IQ. When Andre was here, did you foresee this kind of pro career? And did you see a guy that would still be playing meaningful minutes now for Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors? Well, I don't know if you can ever project that because we've had some other good ones here yeah. that haven't had the prolonged career that Andre has. But but here's some things on Andre. One, he's, he's extremely smart. Two, he takes care of his body. Three, he does the well, takes a little bit of time off and then gets back in the gym, back in the weight room. I mean, if you wanted to look at, at, at the prototypical uh, body form for a pro athlete, all you got to do is take a picture of Andre Iguodala, you know, with the long arms and hands and great IQ. He's smart as a whip on and off the court. I mean, he's done a marvelous job off the court in terms of getting set up for his post-career time. And and I've kidded him for several years now that I believe he's the next commissioner of the league. So, you know, maybe he'll give me a scrub job down there when he becomes the commissioner of the NBA. But he's he's smart. Now, do you, do you foresee? Now, he's been lucky on injuries. Maybe he's had a few little bumps and bruises over the years. I, I don't remember anything major, but he, he's avoided injuries. And sometimes some of these great players, you know, they'll hurt a knee and never come back. The kid that comes to mind, I know people don't like to go back to Iowa, but we had a great, great guard at Iowa, Ronnie Lester, who was, mm-hmm. at, at, in my view at the time, the best in the country. I don't care who you want to say. And then he hurt his knee as a senior. Now, he did have a six-year pro career with uh, the Bulls and maybe a little time with the Lakers, but he would have been 10 or 12 years, except for then Andres avoided, avoided injuries. He's smart. He does his job. He got, I think, a good basketball background when he was here with us as to how to play. He can handle the ball. He can guard one through four. I mean, he's so versatile and so smart and long arms. And you see, even now, he's defending one of the best perimeter players that the other teams have, and maybe even a, a smaller four. So uh, he's, he's done just a, a marvelous job. Anybody young going into the NBA, all you got to do is look at Andre Iguodala, and that's how you want to live your life. And and how you want to prepare to be a, a professional. He's a professional in every sense of the word. The, the great thing here at the AZ Wildcats podcast is that we get, we're fortunate enough to have great guests like Jim Rosborough, who can really kind of take you behind the scenes, how a lot of these things really work. Go to GoPHNX. They've got all the beats covered from the Suns to the Diamondbacks to the Sun Devils to the Cardinals to the Coyotes. Everybody's doing their thing. It's a all Arizona teams won yesterday. This is the time to hop on and subscribe to the AC Wildcats podcast. All right, coach, one last question before I let you go. And again, can't thank you enough for your time because I know you've got, uh, you know, you got some coaching coming up here. Um, you mentioned Gilbert Arenas. Um, Gilbert Arenas to me, at least in my opinion is in my, I, I didn't see Sean Elliott. Um, basically my frame of reference is everything. Chris Mills uh, team year on. I first watched them against the New Orleans, I think it was December 26th game, and catch caught every single game since then. I've always felt that Gilbert Arenas was the most talented, physical, just that basketball just came easy for him. And, you know, he gets to the NBA, a 30-point-a-game scorer for a couple of years. You mentioned Gilbert Arenas. What were your thoughts when you first saw Gilbert coaching him, and were you surprised by the amount of success that he had later on? Well, when we first saw him, he was only 17 years old. Right, right. <laughs> he was just a young kid. 
No, I mean, you looked out there and you saw him in pickup game. Well, I guess we weren't supposed to watch pickup games, but you you saw him out there on the court when we got to practice and so on. I mean, he had all the physical abilities, like you just say, quick as a cat, great shooter, uh, could run the floor, terrific athletics, athleticism, could jump out of the gym. And I told you this before, Mike, when we've talked really a good basketball IQ, he really understood the game. He really saw the court, uh, saw what was going on. Um, so he was, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of good ones that I've been very, very lucky to coach. I, I will be honest with you on that. But um, in terms of, of pure basketball knowledge, I mean, you can talk Damon, you can talk Gilbert, Andre, a couple others, but Gilbert essentially, I mean, you if you do what he did here, and he was on great teams and fit in, and he was smart enough to fit in and not want it all about himself. Uh, great teams here and the team that if he had not gotten hurt in 2001, I think we win the, the national title there. But he took a severe blow to the chest and he couldn't raise his arms and all this kind of stuff. But he he was terrific for the time we had him. And then he went in the pros. And to do what he did in the pros, as you just mentioned, 30 points a game a couple times. I think he led the league in scoring once. He was a multiple-time All-Star. And then kind of pulled one crazy, crazy right. stunt, uh, or I'm not sure he would still be playing, but he would have had a 12, 15 year career. And he, and he had a great body and he, like Andre, as far as I know, never had any serious injuries that would have prohibited him mentally or physically from, you know, really, right. really playing at a high level. But he was a, a tremendous player and a great, great basketball IQ and a good kid, a little bit of a, an eccentric in some ways. We all know that. I mean, why everybody's light bulbs were out of there when we were traveling. He'd get into rooms that were unlocked and take all the light bulbs out and wonder where they're. <laughs> he was a crazy one, but boy, he was a good player. Okay, coach, before we let you go, let the people know what you're up to, where you're off to right now, and what's going on in the Jim Rosborough coaching life. Well, I'm immediately off to the shower to get this, this <laughs> hair wash. Uh, I'm out at Pima with the women's program. I think this is my seventh year out there with Todd Holthouse, and it's it's really, really been a lot of fun. Uh, I coached women's tennis down at the university for four years, and that was terrific with uh, those girls. We had great teams. I like Vicki Mays, the head coach, and I've been out with Todd. Again, I think this is my seventh year, six and a half. Um, coaching the, the women out there. We've had some really great runs. We finished third in the country several years back, fifth and seventh. We've been to the tournament. So we've had good players, work hard. I, I like the staff, like the people out at Pima. I, you know, I don't know if, if you, this would be of any interest, but the Pima sports program right now is probably at a peak, what it's ever been. The men and women's soccer mm-hmm. finished no doubt. two in the country and our golf teams are good and, you know, Peabody with the men. So it's really a fun job for me. It's it's a basically a retirement job. It's not the high intense pressure that Tommy Lloyd and those guys feel, but I mean, we got a game tomorrow night that we need to win. And so you do uh, internalize that and want to get out today and have a good practice and get them ready. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Coach, as always, honored to have you on. And I told you it wasn't baloney. Comments came in immediately on that about you. It's always a pleasure to be able to talk with you, Coach. You as well. My call anytime, please. You got it. For Jim Rosborough and Mike Luke, you've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.